When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Long Cat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 6. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Madame Magenta. Welcome to Chapter 6 of my book, Magenta is the Warmest Colour. In the book, I've actually wrongly labelled it Chapter 4 for reasons previously explained. So I thought I'd tell you the numerological significance... God, that's not easy to say, is it? Numerological... Numerology, that's what I'm saying. Numerological. Numerological significance of the numbers six and four. And so then we can see if it relates to the chapter. That's fun, isn't it? Oh, jolly good. Yes. So on the surface, this this, this here is chapter four. Four is about strength and stability, dependability, productivity, punctuality, and obedience. God, that sounds boring, doesn't it? Yes, it does rather. Uh, But deep down, under the surface, this chapter's true identity is chapter six. And six is the motherhood stroke fatherhood number. I'm not saying motherhood stroking fatherhood. It's something else entirely. So six is all about sacrifice, healing, protecting, teaching others. God, motherhood sounds dreary, doesn't it? It does. So no family or community can function without the attention of the six. It is the glue that keeps family and community together. I'm not reading that, obviously. I know all about numerology without having to get anything off the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I will be be surprised if either chapter reflects anything so layered. Still, you never know. And today's numerology-based cocktail is called Numero 5. In numerology, five is the number of very free-spirited types, which is why this cocktail is a combination of a bunch of free spirits I received over a series of Christmases. So it's basically a mixture of port and chocolate liqueur. Although from the look of it, we should call it a number two. Because it looks like shit. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's yes. very, very funny. It's a funny joke. Very good joke. Yeah. Yes. Although actually the swirl of ruby port gives it some colour variation. Slightly disturbing colour coloration. Ooh, yes. Maybe I should call it see a doctor. See a doctor, yes. Yes, yes. yes. All right, let's read. Here we go. Chapter six stroke four. <laughs> Well, that was ruddy horrendous. Lulu has just left, brimming with excitement at her imminent adventures and squealing, I hope the baggage allowance is big enough. I've got so many shoes. I've lost a customer. Lulu is about to lose a leg. I have engineered this. I have played God. But what could I do? 
I normally ignore the priggish, moralistic voice that occasionally pops into my head and questions various of my life choices. I ignore this voice because it doesn't live in the real world. It lives in some floaty, idealistic place with strictly demarcated boundaries. My moral philosophy, not that I've ever felt the need to define it, probably boils down to this. Try not to cause too much of a fuss. Least mess, least hassle. Whereas a small decline in my income from a lost customer is a little messy, and a missing leg is very messy, the easiest path for both of us would have been clearly, clearly, to tell Lulu to stay put. But I couldn't ignore what I saw. Lulu's future life in London was miserable, a gradual erosion of her self-esteem and ability to function. One wouldn't wish that on anyone, vacuous twerp or no. Whereas her life in Cambodia, well, much better eventually, after the extreme trauma. How could I condemn someone to a misery I had seen played out in glorious technicolour and grisly detail? Not just seen, I'd even felt some of what the future Lulus would feel. Obviously, I'd have to push her towards the happy conclusion. I'm not a monster. And after all, she seemed fairly set on travelling even before I proffered advice. If she hadn't come to me at all, she would have gone anyway. So maybe one could say that it wasn't even me who made the decision. Maybe it was the universe. Christ in a bun. Time for a drink. Um, that's actually the end of the chapter. <laughs> oh. How long is that? Uh, about a minute. A minute? Do you think that's too short? I think you should probably do another one, dear. You could get some things done in a minute, though, you know, because I know some people, they brush their teeth and listen to a podcast at the same time. Oh, that's true, yes. What could you do in a minute? What takes a minute? Uh, washing a very small number of mugs. Good heavens, you'd have to go at quite a rate, wouldn't you? Well, you could probably get, you could probably get through three. That, that's very true. So maybe that is long enough. All right, goodbye for now. Lovely speaking to you. And wait... Uh, and, no, I have to do... I yeah, have you to should do probably do one, one more. Yeah, All yeah, right, let's one. do another one. So in the book, I've put chapter five. It's not chapter five, is it? This is, we're now on chapter seven. All right, so here we go. Dave sticks his nose round the living room door to see what I'm doing. I'm fixing a Long Island iced tea, Dave, I explain. I did much more boring cocktails in those days. He cocks his little head in curiosity and heads into the perfectly normal Shades of Camel room. Here's today's cocktail recipe. <laughs> this is art meeting with life here. Oh, yes. Because I'm actually drinking a different cocktail, aren't I? And in the book, I'm fixing a cocktail. Oh, how wonderful. Yes, so we might as well have another drink in that case. Well, let's do it. All right, so here's today's cocktail recipe in the book. <laughs> Everything in the liquor cabinet plus flat supermarket own brand Coke. Oh, that's, that's not very nice. Oh, well. I pop a glassy cherry in my mouth and sit on the hard wooden chair next to the liquor cabinet, gazing unseeing into the middle distance. Dave trots over and I let him jump onto my lap. I suppose Dave is my familiar, my animal companion and supernatural link to the natural order of things. Most psychows, that's a, an acronym, so it's P-S-Y-C-O-W-S, and it's shorthand for psychics, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-S, occultists, witches, shamans. So most psychows plump for a cat, 
but I've never really gotten on with cats. <laughs> well, things have changed, haven't they, dear? Yes, that's you know, true. I have two, two lovely little cats, and I've learned to love them. They're actually very similar in spirit to me, I now think. But back in the day, we just had Dave, and I didn't want a cat because I already had one emotionally unavailable presence in the house that I felt uncomfortably responsible for in the shape of Todd. Two, if you counted my daughter... Not Bernard, though. Bernard is completely emotionally available. A bit too much sometimes. Mysterious, he most certainly is not. I'm sorry, Bernard. Yeah, well, you know. Although it's sort of a compliment. Oh. And actually, in a previous chapter, I mentioned how you do surprise me sometimes. Well, there you go. I, I... think you're straightforward on the surface and, and a little strange underneath. A, a mass of contradictions. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh... Uh, a thing inside a thing inside another thing. Yes. <laughs> like a, what do you call it? Pass the parcel. Yes, or, or, or one of those those adorable little uh, Russian dolls. But they all look the same, don't they? That's the thing with that. It's not like a surprise. Oh, that's true. You open one up and you don't go, oh, bloody hell, it's the same woman but a bit smaller. Oh, and there's another one. <laughs> you know, it's not a surprise, is it? Yes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm. You know, they should change it. Well, you, you, you could, I'm sure you could come up with something more interesting. Well, you could have a Russian lady on the outside and then something surprising on the next level. Oh, yes. Yes, do you see what I mean? Yes, like a, like a little dog or a... Or, or... Yes, or, or your, your Auntie Bev or something. Yes. Gazing back. Yes. And then under the next layer, a, a, a fortune cookie. Yes. Yeah, just, just mix it up a just bit. Just anything. Anyway, that's what you are, Bernard. Oh. Yes, that's what Bernard is. Right. Um, actually, now I come to think of it, back to the book, Dave is the animal equivalent of Bernard. Straightforward, loyal, affectionate, huge eyebrows. God, I love him. Sometimes I just want to eat him, and I bury my face in his furry tummy and make daft noises that make, it, make him wiggle around in ecstasy, and then I wrestle the silly fluffy sod into submission while he pants with excitement. And sometimes I do that to Dave as well. Do you see what I did there? Yes, yes. It's yes. a little joke. You thought I was talking about the dog. And I was actually talking about my husband, Bernard. Yes. It was good, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. You may not have got that joke because Dave's such a human name. And so consequently, it might not have instantly clicked that I was talking about the dog when I hit you with the terrific punchline. But I, look, now look here. I didn't pick Dave's name. Who calls a dog Dave? The cretin who owned him before we did, that's who. He's not a rescue dog. He just wandered in through the front door on a winter's day three years ago while I was unloading groceries from the car. He was unchipped, and the little disc on his collar only said Dave Smith. God, I really hoped Smith was the surname of the previous owners. Otherwise, there's a madman out there who looked at a puppy and thought, he looks like a Dave, a Dave Smith. Ridiculous. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We tried to find his owners, who surely had to be local, considering Dave just meandered into our house. But no one came forward, so we kept him. He's very much part of the family now, and I love him to bitty wits. I love my silly, furry, farty, mansy pansy. 
and I'm quite fond of Dave too. <laughs> there it is again. Yes. Jolly yeah. good. He's better the second time round. Yes. Anyway, Dave jumps up on my lap and I give his little body a fierce hug while simultaneously glugging down half my cocktail. Some of it spills down my caftan, but that's what patent tops are for, eh? Hide those stains. I notice the hand gripping the glass is shaking. Oh, my nerves are shot. It's only 2pm and I've had more powerfully esoteric experiences in a few hours than I've had in 30-odd years of seeing ghosts. And I can't help but feel it's not over yet. Dave is sat on my lap like a taxidermied terrier. Every muscle in his body is rigid with tension. It's not because he's picked up on my mood at all, no. It's because there's a pigeon on the windowsill opposite where we're sat. I ruffle his little ears, which are standing bolt upright in hunter mode. Most dogs would have sensed their master's mood, I say to him accusingly. Most dogs would be giving me kisses, worried that mummy was upset. He doesn't react, he's too intent on the pigeon. As emotionally attuned as a bloody brick is Dave. Although judging by the events of the last five hours... I wouldn't be surprised if his head suddenly swivelled 360 degrees. I mean, it is a little odd that Dave just mysteriously appeared one day, isn't it? Seems sort of convenient, don't you think? Like he was sent. I stare at the back of his little skull, involuntarily holding my breath. Dave appears to be holding his breath too. The tension is unbearable. But really, come on now. Dave isn't remotely supernatural. He never even reacts when Todd apparates. So I'm fairly sure that Dave isn't about to do anything odd. Ridiculous. With an ear-splitting bark, Dave hurls himself violently off my lap, his claws leaving painful indents in my knees. I chuck my drink across the full length of the room in fright, the glass shattering against the far wall. Sticky brown fluid sprays like blood spatter against its surface. Oh, bloody hell, I shriek, heart thundering. Dave is going ballistic, jumping up at the window and barking at a pigeon that isn't even there anymore. Oh, thank you, Dave, I rant. Thank you very much. Give Mummy a flipping heart attack, why don't you? Who will feed you if Mummy is dead, eh? No one, that's who. (sighs) I cling onto the furniture and try to calm my racing heart. I'm dangerously on edge. I have to do something. I have to take control. I head towards the utility room. Seeing as I now appear to be a genuine oracle, I might as well use my powers to find out what the bloody hell is going on. End of chapter. Was that that wasn't very long it either? It wasn't particularly long. How, how, how long is the next one? Oh God! No, oh, the next one's bloody short as well. Uh, well, well, let's let's just do one more, shall we? Yes, I suppose so. Right. So this one, oh, it says chapter four. I've got absolutely no idea what chapter number this is. Yeah, well, I think that they're all mixed up on the podcast yes, as well now. It doesn't so. matter. All right. <sighs> Here we go. Right. Uh, musical musical flourish. Should we have another one? Uh, I suppose Why so. Yeah. Here we go. Runes, tarot, I Ching, numerology, a crystal ball. I've got all the gear. They squat malevolently on purple velvet lined shelves above my purple velvet covered reading table. It's like Prince's crotch in here. Which technique shall I use to find out why the great and powerful Magenta is suddenly shooting laser beams from her fingertips, I wonder? I eyeball the tarot. They certainly worked earlier, although it was a bit too immersive for my liking. I think I'll have a go on the runes instead. 
Oh, I do like the runes. The interpretations are very benign. In the tarot, you have cards like Death and the Creepy Hermit. Whereas the runes just look like chicken scratches and have meanings like you will enjoy abundant domestic cattle or something like that. I gingerly take the bag of runes out of the ornate wooden box I keep them in, which is actually an old biscuit tin covered in paper mache, and then glazed about 20 times so it's hard as rock. £21.95 on my online store. George and Bessie make my boxes. They've really taken the phallic aspect of paganism on board. This one is covered in cocks. I sit down at the table, gently juggling the bag of runes in my palm like testicles in a sack, although in this case the sack contains 24 testicles, small flat stones carved with runes. I can hear them softly grating against each other as they slide around in the bag, so they're not really like testicles at all, are they? I don't know why my mind jumped to that comparison. I don't know what it is about mystic gubbins, but it does seem to go hand in fist, as it were, with a fixation on sexy bits. Plenty of pervs in the mystic industry, aren't there, Bernard? Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't know. Well, you know me. Well, that's true, I do know you, yes. So, do you think I'm a perv? Well, should we carry on reading the story? All right. Well done. Well swerved. Yes. It's almost like you know me too well. (laughs) Anyway, there's a variety of rune spreads I could do. For my clients, I do the one that takes the longest and looks the most complicated, seeing as I'm paid on the clock. But I think I'll use the ask a question, pick a rune out the bag, there's your answer technique for the witch in a hurry. What the bloody hell is going on, I demand, and pick out a rune. It's Perthro, which looks sort of a bit like a bowl on its side. I stare at it, feeling a momentary relief that bugger all appears to be happening. But then it happens. Ugh. I don't need to remember what Perthro means. Instead, I just know in a rather alien fashion. It's not visceral and all-encompassing like my earlier experience with the tarot. Instead, it's as if an unseen force has neatly slotted a chip of knowledge directly into my brain. It's very efficient and doesn't give my emotions a good groping like the Lulu experience. Equally as weird, but much less fussy, much cleaner. Well, runes are of Nordic origin, aren't they? A very neat and methodical people, judging by the Scandinavian crime dramas and furniture outlets. It makes sense that their divination techniques would cut out the flashy rubbish, eh? I must say, I much prefer this approach even if the reply is a little jobs-worthy. The information that arrives in my head as I clutch the rune is thus. Perthro. Colon. Definition. Colon. The esoteric vagina. Uh, Not to be mistaken for the esoteric vagina, which sounds like some god-awful hippie feminist book from the 1970s. No, it just says the esoteric, comma, vagina. Feminine rune. In this instance, indicating the questioner, magenta. Question, colon, what the bloody hell is going on? Answer, colon, esoteric happenings, things unfolding. Well, ask a vague question, get a vague answer, I suppose. I put Perthro back in the bag, give it a jiggle, and formulate a more specific question. Now look here, I command. How come the ghosts are behaving oddly? What was Todd on about? And why am I suddenly able to read fortunes? I don't like it, I tell you. I start to reach into the bag, but my hand hesitates over the stones. Yes, maybe that's more than one question. It might give me some wishy-washy reply again. I rack my brain, which isn't working too well under all the stress. Let's try again. 
I clear my throat and give the question some theatrical welly, to differentiate it from the previous questions. Odin's runes, I say, hear my question. Thou shalt answer me thus. What is the explanation for the unusual events as experienced by me, myself, Magenta Hillary Fairton, between the times of 9am and 3pm on November the 7th, 2013, Gregorian calendar? There. Specific enough for you? I pick out a rune. It's kenaz. Kenaz, colon, definition, beacon, torch, esoteric knowledge. Question. TL, colon, DR. Answer, colon. You'll find out soon enough. Great. And that's the end of that chapter. Yeah, I'm not sure I like those runes. Would it, would it be cold for you, Bernard? Yeah, well, they're just a little bit impersonal, you know. Well, you know, you, you, I thought you quite liked the sort of straightforward way of communicating. Well, I do, but it's just sort of a little bit like talking to someone in an awful call centre or something. Would you think, would you prefer it if call centre workers were a bit more personal? Like, hello, Bernard, my lovely, that kind of thing. Well, I don't know. Would you really appreciate that? How's your mum? That kind of thing. Do you really want them asking that sort of thing? Well, maybe not. I I quite like him personal. Yes, maybe you're right. I mean, you know best. I do. And with that, let's end this chapter of Magenta is the Warmest Colour. Madam Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafar. You can follow Madam Magenta on Twitter at Madam Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped. Time was a tennis ball we could bat round the court. Time for distraction too. Time to just sink to the bottom. Time to get to the meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're so excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so... We're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely and without interrupting their performance, point is, now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.